Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shur Madafiomi. We are now in the final Shur of uh, the ninth parak of Masechet Nidarim, uh, the Mishnah, which is the ninth and the tenth Mishnayot, the final Mishnayot of the parak. Andaf Samach Vav Amud Aleph in the middle of the Amud. Potchim Adam Mechvod Atzmo Uvchod Uvchod Banav. Again, to remind you from previous Shurim, Pitchen Nidarim, literally the openings of Nidarim are those questions um, that can be asked by the Chacham and by the Beitin that will provoke regret of the Noder so that the Neder can be released. The person's own honor or the honor of his children can be used as a petach, as an example. Had you known that people would say, let's say tomorrow, and when people find out about your neder, they're going to say, ah, oh, that's the kind of guy this guy is, he takes nedarim, he divorces his wife, and perhaps worse than that, um, and then they're going to say about your daughters that they are the daughters of divorcees, which reflects poorly upon the mother, obviously, uh, as follows. Uh, why was their mother divorced? And the following from that is the daughters are going to be assumed to be like the mother and nobody's going to want to marry them. It would lead to very bad things. And if the fellow said, had I known that people would think that about my family and that would affect my daughters that way, I would not have taken the nether. And this again is a consensus. Now, this is the final Mishnah. If a man takes a ban from marrying a particular girl, we've seen this Mishnah quoted uh, in two podcasts ago, in the first podcast of the Perak, uh, the, who is ugly, and it turns out she's pretty. She's dark-complected, turns out she's fair-complected. He's misled. In other words, he thinks she's short, turns out she's tall. Mutarba, he's allowed to marry her. Don't think that this is a case of no lud. Uh, which means that she was unattractive and did something, and she's now attractive. that her complexion became more fair. which is of course somewhat impossible, that she was short and became tall. The neder was originally a mistake, and now we hear a story, but the story seems to contradict what we just read. <coughs> We've seen this theme several times in the Mishnah, where a man banned his niece from getting Hana'ah from him. What happened was he had a niece who was very likely an orphan or in unfortunate circumstances, and the family was pestering him to marry her, or for other reasons they wanted him to marry her, and he didn't want to marry, so he banned Hana'ah, so he wouldn't marry her. And he was under the impression that she was unattractive. They brought her to Rabbi Shmuel's house, and they prettied her up. We don't yet know what that means. And then Rabbi Shmuel brought the fellow in to look at this now pretty girl. He said, is this the one that you took the netter from? Amarlo love said, no, not that one. Of course, he knew it was the same girl. He said, no, I didn't know she looked like that. Right? And Rabbi Shmuel permitted it. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that Rabbi Shmuel agrees with the presentation of the Mishnah, but says that when it comes to dark and light complexion, tall and short, these are things that can't necessarily be changed, or if they're changed, they really are a change, whereas unattractive, unattractive, there's things that you can do that will make somebody who otherwise looks unattractive to look attractive, makeup, hair, whatever it may be. Um, 
Or does it mean that Rabbi Shmuel disagrees with the premise of the Mishnah and says that if the girl changes, then it uh, then the neder is uh, released because it was uh, like a tanaya as long as she could So the end of the Mishnah sounds like the like the first approach, which is Benot Yisrael Naotain. He he wept and he said, "Really, the daughters of Israel are beautiful." Poverty makes them makes them look unappealing, and then Uchshemed Rabbi Shmuel Hayu Benot Yisrael Nosot Kinavi Amor When Rabbi Shmuel passed away, the daughters of Israel wept for him, and they sang a dirge, and they said Benot Yisrael Al Rabbi Yisrael Bechena, adopting the pasuk Chenu Meomer Shaul Benot Yisrael Shaul Bechena. This is David's famous lament for Shaul and Yonatan at the beginning of Shmuel Bet Parak Aleph, where he says, uh, "Daughters of Israel, weep for Shaul. Why weep for Shaul? Look at the rest of the pasuk. It's on the page. Who you who would dress you in finery and put jewels? The idea is he would find great spoils from the wars that he was successful in, and he would bring them back, and the girls would get all of these beautiful clothes. So the girls should weep when Shaul died. So in the same way, Rabbi Shmuel, who saw the beauty of the Jewish women and helped them feel beautiful and become beautiful in the eyes of their husband and their own eyes, uh, when he passed away, the girls wept, adopting that same pasuk. Now, that the end of the Mishnah makes it sound that Rabbi Shmuel disagrees with the premise of the Mishnah, that the girl didn't become pretty, she was always pretty, she just needed some help to make, make it come through. But the Gemara takes the opposite approach. Maseli Stor, are you bringing a story to contradict the opinion of the Mishnah? And the reason that this works is as follows. In, if you have a statement in the Mishnah followed by a story, if the story is there to support the opinion of the Mishnah, fine, so the story is there as support of that particular opinion. But if the story goes in the opposite direction, then you would first expect a dissenting opinion to be mentioned, and then the Maaseti brought to support it. So the assumption of the Gemara is that the second way of reading the Mishnah is correct, that Rabbi Yishmoel disagreed with the premise and said, really, if a girl is unattractive and made attractive, the, the ban falls. Uh, and then says, why are you bringing a story to contradict the opinion? There's something missing in the middle, which is the dissent. And indeed, there's something missing, and this is how it should read. Even if she was originally the way that you assumed when you took the ban, and then she became appealing, uh, again, uh, is really impossible, then it would still be valid. Of course, the main thing is which is certainly possible. So then the story is there to support that Rabbi Yishmael's opinion is indeed like that. He even acted that way and beautified a girl. And then we have a tradition, Tana Shein Toteva Taitala, that she had a false tooth. That was the, the uh, unattractive point. Rabbi Yishmael used his own money and made her a golden tooth, which evidently in those times was considered attractive, and therefore she was attractive, and uh, I said, ooh, I wouldn't have banned from this girl. All right, then we have several stories. First of all, picking up on the theme of the mission of the dirge for Rabbi Shmuel, Kishachi Rabbi Shmuel, when Rabbi Shmuel died, Patachaleahu Safdana, there was a eulogizer who got up, and the first thing he said was, He quoted the whole pasuk about Shaul, and put in Rabbi Shmuel's name. 
So now we have several stories. A man said to his wife, Somebody here in the middle of the second century said, I'm banning Hanar from you until you, you give that food that you made and let Rabbi Huda taste it and Rabbi, Shimon, and Rabbi Shimon taste it. Now why he's doing this is unclear. Is he doing it because he's trying to embarrass his wife? Is he doing it because he thinks he's such a bad cook and he wants the great rabbis to know it? For whatever reason... He made a tana, a, a, a ban that would last until he did this thing. Uh, and, uh, Rabbi Yehuda told him, Rabbi Yehuda agreed to taste it. And he said, uh, this is why. Amar kalvachomer. After all, when it comes to making peace between a man and his wife, when a, when a woman is suspected of adultery and the man is, thinks that she indeed has uh, violated his trust, and, uh, the, and the Torah says you take a Megillah and you write Hashem's name in it and you erase that name. So, uh, in the, in the, uh, special waters. So even though there's only a doubt here, and, uh, and the husband nonetheless has the jealousy, Akurish Baruch says, take my own name and erase it in order to bring the domestic tranquility. So I, Rabbi Yehuda, certainly I'll be willing to taste the woman's food if it's gonna make the couple be, uh, be able to, uh, to, to reunite. Rabbi Shimon Lotarim, Rabbi Shimon refused to. Amar, Yamutu, let all the daughter, the children of the Almona, in other words, whatever the consequences may be, I'm still not budging. In other words, I'm, just because this guy made some sort of cuckoo tonight doesn't mean that I have to go taste some of these food. But the second reason, which is more germane, Bimbilamindar. I don't want people to get used to making a darim. People make a darim and they're going to involve other people and they're going to think, oh, those other people have to help me out by doing weird things and tasting and other things like that. But for the most part, that was not the approach taken, as you see. Hahu um, de A second story. A man said to his wife, Konam Again, I'm banning You have to go up and spit Ramshimgamliel. Again, what his motivation is is weird, but that's what he said. She came and spit on Rashim Gamliel's clothes. So now, looking at this story several hundred years later, he said that that uh, evidently that was considered good enough. So Rachamidifti said to Ravina, But obviously the fellow didn't just mean spit, he meant degrade. And spitting on somebody's clothes is not nearly as degrading. Are you kidding? Spitting on Mishim Gamliel, he's the Nasi. Sitting on his, spitting on his clothes is certainly degrading. So if the fellow meant spit, she spit. If he meant degrade, she degraded. So either way, that's why hundreds of years ago the Nedir was lifted, or shall we say the condition was fulfilled um, at that point. Now, this is a terrible story. A man said to his wife, uh, this fellow evidently had a wife who was very unappealing, and he said, and you can't get any hanar from me until you can get Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yossi to find one nice thing about you. Let him tell me one nice thing about you. Amarlahem, so evidently, either Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yossi talked to the husband and wife, or else he had the wife go somewhere with some other women who took a, checked her out privately and came back and reported what she looked like. So uh, he asked, She has a nice head. It's round, not properly portioned. Maybe her, she has nice hair. It looks like bundles of flax. Maybe she has nice eyes. They're overly round. Maybe she has nice ears. 
Kfulotein, they're doubled, but it must mean that they're very large size. Shema Chotamana'e, maybe she has a nice nose. Balumhu, it's swollen. Shema Siftotano, maybe she has nice lips. Avotein, they're very thick. All these things are evidently seen in that context as being unattractive. Shema Tzavarana'e, maybe she has a nice neck. Uh, and he says, Shakut, uh, Shakutu, it's uh, squat, it's kind of flat. Um, um, Shema Krisana, maybe she has a nice stomach. Tzavahi, it's too round. Shema Raglehano, she has nice feet. Rachavot Kishalavza, they're broad like a duck, like a goose. Shema Shmana, maybe she has a nice name. So Lichluchit Shma, the name is, the answer is her name is Lichluchit, which means dirty. So Amarlan, Rabbi Shmuel said, Yafek, Korino Talichluchit. She has a good name. That she's called Lichluchit, she Miluchlachet Bemuin, because she's filled with, with blemishes. Visharya. So Rabbi Shmuel said, by finding that everything about her was unpleasant, including her name, which was unpleasant, which therefore became pleasant, because it was appropriate for her, and she was Mutter. How about Bavel? There was a fellow from Bavel. Now this is a playing with language. The Salik Lari Yisrael, he made Aliyah. The reason this is significant is because the dialects are different, even in Aramaic. Nasivitatai married an Eretz Yisrael girl. Amarla b'shilili tre talfe. He said, "Go cook for me two calves' feet, which is talfe." B'shilili tre talfe. She went and cooked two lentils, which is also talfe. Ratachala. He got angry at her. Lamachar Marla. The next day he said, "B'shilili garia." Cook some garia. B'shilili garia. She cooked it. Amarla. So that worked out. Zili aitili tre butzini. He said, go bring me two butzini, which could be candles, and it could also be gourds or pumpkins. Azlat va'aitile tre shargi, so she brought two candles. He wanted the melons. Amarla zilu tavri He said, go take these candles and break them, showing that his disdain for her choice of, uh, of meaning. Go break them on the head of bava. Now, bava means a door, but there are also people by the name of bava, including the famous chacham bava and buta. All right, so now, Bava. <laughs> That's a cute plan of words. Bava ben Buta was sitting next to the door. Abava. The Kadoin Dinan. He was teaching, he was ruling, he was making a ruling in Halacha. Azlat Vitavit Yonhol Reshi. She came with the candles and broke them over his head. Amarla Mahadain Davdat. He said to her, What are you doing? Amrala Kachsivani Bali. She said, That's what my husband told me to do. He said to break it over Bava. Amar you did what your husband asked. So you should be blessed that you should have two children like Bava Mimbuta, like me, and that's the end of the story. Hadran Allah Rabbi Eliezer, Eliezer, we will continue Mirza Shem in the next podcast at the beginning of the tenth parak, Na'arahamu Urasa, a complex parak with a which we will give to to which we will give a proper introduction at the beginning of the next podcast. Everyone should have a wonderful day.